Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Andy, happy Wednesday. We get to talk some NFL today. You fired up? NFL? It's it's happening. Like, I've completely... I'm just completely gaslighting myself. Nothing can nothing can stop this train. <laughs> Nothing's gonna stop us now. It's <laughs> over here sobbing. <clears throat> but yes, excited. <laughs> Honestly, it doesn't matter. It, you can tell me there's like a ninety nine percent chance that the NFL doesn't happen this year, and I will still do every single team preview. Because it's what we do. We're, we're we're men of action. That's right. This is the process. Is the the journey is is the fun for us, right? Maybe the real units are the friends you made along the way. <laughs> That's a good saying. I like that. Um, well, uh, I mean, shoot, dude, the PGA Tour uh, put together a COVID group today, so you know we're we're adapting on the fly here for sports. Real, there's on, on yeah, the, a lot of adapting. Quickly. I mean, um, yeah, you're gonna have to handicap golf next week at a course they just played like that (laughs) that's probably never going to happen again like oh they're just playing the same exact course again a little different that's a great point like all you know this is going to happen in every single sport oh they're you know they're playing in freaking disneyland baseball (laughs) you know that like you look at some of these teams they're not traveling you know you can say oh yeah and it's only 60 games of course they're not traveling much but i mean even just in comparison like the the twins aren't leaving. I, I kind of looked at the twins, White Sox, Tigers, some of their travel, and somebody actually made a great infographic about it. Like the the regional baseball stuff. Some of these teams that are in the tighter areas where they like Milwaukee is going to pop down to Chicago a few times. That's barely a, I mean, that's barely travel. Yeah, There's gonna be a true. lot of that where the the baseball travel is going to be very different for some teams. So I mean, there's every every sport. This is really good. Uh, this is a really good exercise for yeah. keeping the mind elastic and adjusting on the fly. And I like that. We got Fight Island. We've got all kinds of crazy stuff, which turns out it wasn't even that as cool as it was supposed to be. Yeah, no, no. But the, but all your points are relevant. Like this is a true test of your. You know, it's good. It's good exercise. It's a good test. This is not normal. This is a very unique situation, and uh, to some degree, that makes it exciting. Um, but yeah, the um, the hopes, you know, and we, we'll we'll keep it positive today. We you know we're we're in the same mindset. Like the NFL is happening, uh, even if it doesn't. This is a, you know this is one of my favorite podcasts that we do year in year out. Uh, we're going to break down the schedule today. We're going to talk oh, about the situations. Oh, I'm I'm, te- yeah. I'm tweeting out a teaser right now. I'm going to take. Oh, like, good. I'm going to take like a tiny little uh, snippet from this because people, and it'll be if you know, you know. Oh yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, well, I made some improvements this year. We got some, you know, some finer, some better granularity in terms of what matters, what doesn't. Uh, I would like to talk through some of that stuff with you, see if you have any feedback or input based on, uh, you know, the lessons learned over the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, overall, the schedule is kind of, it's kind of wild. It's a weird, different, wacky schedule in a lot of the same ways you were laying it out. It's not obviously not anywhere close to as weird as uh, MLB this year or, you know, or the, uh, the restart for NBA. Um, but there's some quirky, strange stuff this year that, you know, will play into, uh, you know, how the division races unfold, assuming we get all 16 of these games played. 
Um, and it's worth kind of exploring some of this and talking about some of the uh, the uniqueness of this year's schedule and who who's got the advantages, who's who have has the disadvantages. And you know, as I was, you know, it's always fun, you know, to kind of really dig into this, you know, get your hands dirty and really try to like look at, you know, who got, you know, stacked. Uh, a bunch of stacked advantage spots and a bunch of stacked disadvantage spots and try to think through, wow, I wonder why they did that to this team or this owner, you know, because as we've talked about, uh, you know, through the years, um, you know, schedule and understanding strength of schedule and, and diff, you know, just evaluating, uh, you know, how difficult a team's schedule is, is way, way more than, well, how many wins did this, you know, did these teams have last year that therefore they're playing this win percentage schedule. It's the fifth hardest in the league. Like that's pretty much nonsense. You agree? How, how many, but how many years ago would it be that like, that was kind of just, that's all people had. And I would say granted, last year. <laughs> I was, you know, like three, four years ago, everybody kind of accepted that. And, you know, we shouldn't make blanket statements like, people who were legitimately originating and beating the NFL were the people that were way ahead on, you know, strength of schedule, especially the people that are, you know, beating the ever living shit out of regular season win totals. They were probably way ahead on like, that's not how you measure strength of schedule. The strength of schedule is way different than everybody else thinks. And this win totals off by a game and a half. No, I a hundred percent agree. Um, so what, I mean, I guess what's, what is step one in evaluating strength of schedule that in your opinion? It's just like what we did with the power numbers. Like, if you want to say Vegas gives us, you know, their blueprint for what their power numbers are for comparing the teams in the NFL, I mean, they're kind of doing the same thing. If you take the regular season win totals and you take those power numbers and kind of just mash it all together, you can get a pretty good sense of where teams compare to each other and, you know, generally – a light distribution of where they should fall during the season as far as success. And then you can make your own strength of schedule because I, I mean, yeah, just like you said, using last year's wins is really, really <laughs> rough, especially, I mean, you can go to the extreme case of like, you know, a, a team that has like a quarterback retire or get traded or a major, you know, just completely go into a rebuild you know, if you want to call that an eleven win team when their regular season win total is like six and a half this year, <laughs> you know, that, that happens. You know that happens all the time. Or of course, you yeah, know a team a, a team that's building like Arizona or Miami that is probably going to be a lot better than they were last year. Using last year's numbers is yeah folly. Yeah, yeah, no, it it absolutely is, and um, you know, start starting from a you know, but you know, guys like um like our friend Suma. Um, put out that awesome chart nowadays, you know, a couple times every, every, uh, preseason where he's, uh, you know, he's stacking everything, um, relative to the implied team strength given their current win total, which is mm-hmm. a great, that's a great metric. Um, because that really captures probably, that's probably the most liquid market that reflects kind of the entire, um, you know, everyone, everyone's opinion is reflected most, you know, most clearly there, I would say. Um, and so try, check that out on his timeline. If you're looking for just kind of a, a broad brush, uh, just in terms of the quality of the teams that are being played, but much more nuanced than that. And you can probably think of good examples year in, year out, 
Um, the two that immediately come to mind, uh, Green Bay last year, Chicago the previous season, um, there is kind of a blueprint for a soft landing, so to speak, for a team that is kind of on the cusp of, you know, breaking out, right? And there's a kind of, there's a blueprint for uh, a schedule that truly tests a team that's expected to be good. And, you know, like put you put you through a gauntlet early in the season. And if you can kind of look through just the sequencing of opponents, uh, sequencing of travel to various locations, sequencing of primetime games, um, some of that becomes pretty clearly apparent, I think. And I do think that's a useful kind of at least in the back of your mind knowing like, OK, this team, you know, Team X this year uh, has eight, you know, eight weeks to start the season and they have just an absolute gift of a schedule. Uh, and then down the stretch, it's all road games, including some really tough spots, right? Like that absolutely has a place in your overall handicap because we talk about this ad nauseum. What is the kind of the principal, uh, you know, the principal goal of betting futures market? It is making a bet on a team that you believe that price will get shorter over the course of X games played. And my entire philosophy about betting into a Super Bowl market or an AFC NFC championship market is market entry, timing your market entry just right so that you are getting a number that is as high as it's going to be all season. Right. And there's an art to that. It's not easy. And, and, um, we're, and we're often wrong. Like, we're often wrong. We'll yeah, say, I, but yeah. at the same time, I don't think being wrong is always a bad thing. It's like, hey, guess what? The number at the beginning of the season probably sucks. Like, we're looking for X, Y, and Z to happen. We think this is sort of likely. And if this sort of stuff happens, we would think they'll be in a good position where they'll be undervalued. Another team is overvalued. We think we can get a good number. And that's just one of those things where, you know, again, it's predictive analysis. You can't always have stuff going if everything went exactly your way i wouldn't be talking to you schmucks i'd be on a beach <laughs> collecting 10 percent. you know I'd, I'd be so rich because i'd just get everything right all the time of course but you know uh if you can identify a few spots like that you know a handful of them every year one if you're maybe if you're lucky a couple of them will actually come true you'll find yourself in a spot where you can buy really low on a team the market is probably undervaluing at that point. And those are just lovely, especially when, I mean, you got to be right twice, essentially. You got to be right that a few things happen where they end up undervalued and then they end up in a stretch where they can succeed. And then you got yourself a good number and the bet actually comes to a point where you can make some money out of it. So it is difficult. Like you yeah. said, it's an art, but it's very fun art. And it's something I enjoy every summer to look for some of those spots where we can identify some buy on spots during the season. Uh, I mean, in July, we're months yeah. from football yeah. and we we're, we're looking for spots in the middle of the season to buy on for like division prices. Yeah. But like, so here's a good example, right? Like let's say you're high on the Cowboys this year, right? Does it make uh, hypothetically? <laughs> Let's say you're not on the Cowboys. I mean, I am. <laughs> you already that, bet that win total. Yeah, that, that was like um, the only real. I mean, I guess I have some Arizona as well, but that yeah. was the one I was day after the Super Bowl betting. Yeah, right. Uh, so the question I guess I would have for you is 
looking at their schedule, if you see an NFC price on the Cowboys, what is the ideal time to get down? I think I see it. I'm curious if you see it. I was going to say February. <laughs> yeah, on the win total. But like, let's say, let's say, let's Here, say here's the problem. I'm looking at the AFC, so that's a that's a rough spot for me there. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Well, well uh, I don't think oh, I have just I have I have a, a, as good an example with the AFC. You're high on Pittsburgh. By well, no, I'm not. Well, betting? no, I'm overlooking at the NFC. <laughs> <laughs> well, which one do you want to go first, Pittsburgh or Dallas? Uh, Dallas. Okay, let's okay. Looking at Dallas, um, they have uh, a pretty, uh, you know, a pretty difficult start to their season. Would you agree with that? I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not uh, like holy crap. Uh, it's not like Houston Texans hard, but it's not. Oh God, easy. nobody's Houston Texans hard. I think no one's <laughs> ever been that hard. Um, no, yeah, like, they have they, tra- first, traveling out to LA. Games, their first four games, no, no, no pushovers. In those first four games, those oh, are and, all five hundred. Two trips or to the coast, teams. yeah, and two trips to the west coast. A- absolutely, exactly, exactly. Two trips west, um, you know, and and uh, and four four teams that all have you know that are all they're all going to be you know three points uh, three point kind of games. All of those are rel- relative coin, four relative coin flips before you get Obviously, to a that, game. That, you, that's the spot. I mean, after the first four, because then you get. You get New York on a back to back. You get Arizona on a back to back to back. You get, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. got to go to Washington. And we are high on Washington, but we're not high on like Washington beats Dallas twice high. And then I don't know how I feel about Philly. So, I mean, either after the first four or after the Washington Philly Pittsburgh section, like heading yeah. into the bye. Yeah. Um, right. I'm, I'm a, like, I think Minnesota should have been a little higher in the uh when we did the power rankings but not like crazy high i'm not saying they're a player or a super bowl contender so then you know maybe they're they have tough tough stretches throughout the throughout the schedule i mean you do got to go to baltimore later in the season but as far as after the bye washington at home philly at home you get going to cincy to the giants yeah actually home games. a tough schedule it is kind of a tough schedule overall, I got to say. But I think you nailed it where the entry point is, which is after week four. Um, yeah. Is there going tr- – true or false? There will be some NFC team that's 4-0. Oh. Or put, a, put a price on that. 80% probably, right? Yeah, it's pretty probably pretty likely. And their, their odds are going to be stupid because they're 4-0. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, and, you know, Cowboys 2-2 two two or – even three and one, uh, presumably could get a little, you know, unless, you know, the, the, the downside of, uh, you know, of, of waiting to bet the Cowboys in the NFC market, for instance, is, you know, that they somehow go out to the Rams and blow doors off, even though that's yeah, the offense is yeah. everything that you could hope for. And they, they go into the Washington game six and all. Yeah. Well, right. 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 Um, and at that point, you know, the, the ship has sailed. So yeah, maybe you want to split your stake and put a little half on it now. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I would be willing to wait until after that uh, Cleveland game uh, to get down on my on my Dallas future. Um, and, and or, you know, like you said, uh, coming out of their bye because that stretch of 
Washington, Philly, Pittsburgh in the middle there uh, is going to be pretty challenging. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's this exercise kind of lets you kind of take what you've already done as far as your handicap and uh, and then kind of evaluate the schedule and see if you can find the ideal, you know, the optimal time. We could do this for every single team. You should do this for every single team, the listener. Uh, that is, if you know, and and kind of go through and make your own qualitative assessment. Yeah, if you're a, if you're a new, if you haven't listened to this podcast all that long, or maybe not even into last summer, don't remember this. Drew has been kind and generous enough to take the schedule, put it on a grid, and color code some problem spots. And even if you didn't put the colors on there, and you know, say when there's back to back, like you can just look at the opponents. <laughs> Even just yeah. looking at the opponents, you can see, like, oh, there's some there's some rough spots there. There's some, you know, this this is a bad team who has an easy start to the season. Like they're a, you know, they're a six win team that might start three and one. You know, you, you can find some spots to buy against a team like that, whether it's getting somebody else in their division to win the division, stuff like that, or God, like, I mean, we we talked about. We talked about this quick. Like Houston, we're high on Watson as a person, as yes, a, you know, as a quarterback, as a probably a top five quarterback. He just poor guy is getting Russell Wilson time too. He's just everything's working against him. But I, I think he, the Houston hate is a little too much. We're higher on Houston, but again, they go at Kansas City, host Baltimore. At Pittsburgh, host Minnesota, just absolute gauntlet. Out yeah, of the like, game. like, like just obviously, Pitt, Pittsburgh wasn't a playoff team last year. But if you put any like middle of the road quarterback on there, they're probably at least a wild card. Like well, they would have been a wild card. They should. If, yeah, it, they was seven, if it was a seven, no, if yeah. it was a seven yep. team uh, playoff like we got this year, they would exactly. Been a so, yeah. so essentially, you start with. You start with the two most dynamic offenses in the last forever. <laughs> and then you yeah. go against like a team that should have been a playoff team. And then, uh, you know, like uh, Minnesota. Another playoff team. <laughs> Minnesota yeah. was a playoff team. They beat the Saints. Yeah. You know, they, they, they're, a, they're an above average team. Houston has a really rough stretch to start the season. Like, yeah. They really, like, we, we've kind of circled that as a, Maybe not a game I'll bet, but a game I'll be interested in. Week five against Jacksonville, they're going to have to take out so much frustration on the Jags. It's going to just be yeah. just be a bloodbath. Yeah. No, so, I think uh, you know, no, like yeah, like if you're going to buy in on Houston, like yeah. they might be zero and four. Yeah. You find yeah. a Houston to make the playoff ticket because, like you said, they get to play Jacksonville twice. Uh, I'm not super high on Green Bay. I'm actually not that high on Tennessee. They play Chicago. They play Cincinnati. They get uh, – I don't really know what Indy's going to be. I'm not 100% sure what New England's going to be. You know, they can start 1-3, and 0-4 oh and, and still rattle off enough wins to end up to like a seven seed. You know so, they uh, – You know if they they're 0-4, oh they, like they're – yeah. <laughs> They, yeah, they did recently, they, two years a, ago. Deshaun yeah, Watson and Bill O'Brien were 0 3, and they ended up uh, winning this AFC South. Yeah, so. you, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm talking just like a playoff um, ticket, like to make the playoffs, but uh, go look at the AFC South. It's not like there's going to be, unless you're really a big Tennessee truther and you think that they're going to run that back again. Well, let's put a pin in Tennessee because yeah. I'm going to come back to that later. Um, so let's kind of describe a little bit more in detail what we got here. 
So this is kind of the map of um, advantage, disadvantage spots that come up over the course of the season. Um, this is by no means a key, a get rich quick key to what teams are going to cover and not cover the spread. That is not in any way, shape or form how this should be intended to be used. This is simply um, a map that, uh, and, you know, and because I will be absolutely uh, as, as transparent as possible. Um, everyone in the market knows when a team is coming off the buy. That is not a surprise. The bookmaker, the opening line, it's in there. I promise you. There's no, there's no, oh, wow, this team's coming off the buy. I'm betting them this week. Like, that's not a, an actionable angle. You could win a bet. Yes, you could, you know, you could, but that's the same as flipping a coin and winning a bet, in my opinion. Would you agree with that? Nothing. There's no better feeling than flipping a coin and winning a bet, though. <laughs> that's a good point. No, but no, um, I mean, you're right. Like, there, there's difference between angles and actionable angles. Yeah, right, 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 right. This, right, and and this kind of, you know, the the key, uh, a lot of the kind of what's under the under the uh, surface of this really is just trying to point out um, who has rest advantages and disadvantages because that is real. Um, you know, the the playing in, playing in the NFL, playing uh, week in week out on Sundays is very very hard on the body. You know, what's even harder on the body uh, is playing on Monday and then, or you know playing on. Um, uh, on a Monday night and then going playing a team that is coming off of their buy or going and playing a team that's coming off of Thursday night football. Like those spots are absolutely golden in terms of being able to have some predictive advantage in term in, in the sense of who's going to over or underperform their average expectation. In my opinion. Um, it used to be a hell of a lot stronger signal. Uh, it's been baked into the number in a lot of ways as far especially as far as, Back to back road games and three road games in a row. I don't think anyone's getting caught with their pants down on that stuff anymore. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that, uh, you know, it's hard on a team uh, to be, you know, spending five out of their first seven weeks on the road. It's hard. It's just, it's not, especially this year, it could be especially hard, you know, the, with the, with the way that the travel is impacted front, you know, given the coronavirus stuff. So it's, you know, this is, this is meant to be. Uh, more or less, uh, uh, you know, kind of a, a roadmap of the, you know, how difficult things are going to be for a given team over the course of the season from week one to week 17, uh, so that you can get a sense of, you know, whose schedule may be a little tougher than actually is at base value and whose is a little easier. And whose is lopsided? Because those are the really valuable ones. You want to know who's got it. Yeah. You got, you want to know who's got an easy one to eight and a hard nine to 16. Schedules. Nine to and vice yeah. versa. A lopsided schedule is, it's a blessing. It's, it's it the is. opposite of boobs. You love to see a good lopsided schedule. <laughs> you do. Well, it's just, just, I mean, yeah. just like, I, I just, my eyes are just instantly drawn to Houston still. Like, it's I feel, crazy. I feel so yeah. bad for, like, who, who does Casey Baltimore in a row? That's a dick move. Thank you, Roger. <laughs> well, After, I mean, just like, like Baltimore. Are they punishing Casey the GM? Houston? Um, Baltimore, okay, true or false? Baltimore, Casey, and Houston have the three best quarterbacks in the AFC. Yeah, they're round robining <laughs> in weeks one, two, and yeah, three. No, it's what? What is going on? Houston, and Casey, week one. Off. Baltimore and Houston, week two. Casey and Baltimore, week three. So here's your three best young quarterbacks in the NFL. Ready, set, go. You think anyone? Any? Any? You think any one quarterback? Yeah, you pr- presumably one of those guys is going to be two and zero, and one guy's going to go two and one, guys going to be one one, right? Or do you think they all go one and one? I think they all go two and zero. 
<laughs> I try. I just trust him. There might be a tie in there. Um, no, I mean somebody. Somebody probably goes two and zero. I'm just. I mean Kansas City. Kansas City goes Houston and then Chargers. That Kansas City Houston game is not as uh, as big of a of, of a deal though. You know, usually that's banner night. Yeah, that's fair. They're gonna, they're gonna have a, a rip roaring crowd at Arrowhead on September, or whatever. I don't think that's something that came up in a chat today, and that is something I really have not seen any good answers on as far as what if you know, like the news that came out today, and we're recording this on Wednesday night, the eighth of July. Baltimore Stadium holds what seventy thousand. They said we will allow fourteen thousand fans in. Like, what if, you know, Minnesota, uh, Ohio, Wisconsin, Illinois say we're not letting fans into stadiums, and then Texas, Florida, Maryland, and a few, you know, what the other states say, yes, we are. Like, there's going to be some pissed off owners. Like, you know, our state says we can't have this. We would like fans in our stadium. It helps. And not only from a, like our team being successful, but I mean they're getting ticket revenue, and we're not. So yeah, it's going to be true. a mess. Like the, the, I don't think we can have this piecemeal thing where the the state by state, game by game, team by team thing. I think the NFL is going to have to step in and just say, this, these if, are the rules. Yeah. If there's one state, if there's one team that says there's no fans whatsoever, then that goes for everybody. Yeah. I really think they should try to make that fair. So that'll be a really interesting dynamic going forward. I have no idea how they're going to tackle that. Speaking of interesting dynamics going forward, and speaking of the schedule being kind of lopsided and weird, this is this. There were some nuances and fail safes and fuses, for lack of a better word, built into this year's schedule that I that caught me by surprise. Do you want to go through them real quick? This is, I mean, I will not, there is no accusation of tinfoil hats here. There will be no conspiracy theories. Like, honestly, because I, I mean, this, yeah, this, is, not, is, real. this yeah. is, this is, this is, this is yeah. 100% real. This yeah. is, this is a thing we've gone back and looked at. I mean, how far back did you go at other schedules and look? I went back the last five years because it was easy, but I, I'm sure of it. You know, I, I, at this point, I'm sure of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm very sure. Go back and find a week where there are no divisional matchups. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. There's uh, maybe in the, in the, maybe one in the last five years, and yeah. you know, because they like to they like to they, you know, obviously week seven. They like to do. Oh yeah, they like so to do it. They, they, especially they, they recently. Yeah. yeah, they've done yeah. it at the end they of the year. They it. want to match it. They backload back for sure. Yeah. But now go back and and find two consecutive weeks where there's no divisional matchups <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah, it's, there's it's not a thing. Not, not a thing. Not a thing. Yeah, so I'll, I'll let you explain it. Yeah, so as I was going through and kind of picking that off and I did my whole map, I was like, wait, why is there why are there no divisional games week three, week four? I was like, that's that's kind of weird. Um, so week three and week four, to me, look sacrificial, right? It looks to me like, and, you know, there was a lot of talk uh, leading up to 
um, you know, like before the draft and stuff, stuff that they were considering. And I, I do, I did find some nuggets that basically they were considering, well, what happens if we have to start the season late? Um, and, you know, we've already seen they've canceled the first four, you know, they've canceled all, you know, uh, at least two likely four preseason games. So um, there it's in their minds that they may, you know, have to cancel or move some games on the schedule. And to me, it looks like they've made two sacrificial weeks in week three and week four. Yeah. So not, not only <laughs> this is the second step that you figured you've I'm full credit on you. Here. <laughs> not only, I mean, this was quick, the no divisional matchups, like if, yeah. So what happens you know, if, if you're gonna if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna cut stuff, you need to keep you know your divisional matchups. You don't want to do that. So you, you create the schedule where there's two weeks with no divisional matchups that can be cut. But if yeah. you start looking at these weeks here, I mean, just like take for instance week three, Houston plays Pittsburgh. Yeah. Go look, and then go look at Houston and Pittsburgh. They both. Oh, this is no, you're you're a yeah. one off. Yeah. So this this is actually what uh, what clued me in. Go, yeah, go go look at the bye week. I looked at the. I was like, okay, well, if they built in a fuse for week three and week four, in, implying that week five would be the new de facto week one of the season, right? And I was like, oh, that 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 makes sense. But then I was like, but wait, Detroit and Green Bay have a bye. Like they're not gonna just start the season in Detroit and Green Bay are on a bye. Like that's insane, right? Well, it just so happens Detroit and Green Bay are playing each other week two. <laughs> and it was like, oh, okay. All the buys um, match. Yeah. And so I was like, well, what about like you know, Baltimore and Houston are playing week two? Oh, they both have a bye week eight. Um, Denver and Pittsburgh are playing week two. They both have a bye week eight. Um, yep, LA, fill, fill LA and Kansas City are playing week two. They both have a bye week 10. And so I was like, oh, okay. So basically they built the schedule where – they can move week two into every team's buy. They can jettison week three and week four and presumably move week one to week 18. Or, or just wipe it. If, or just, it, well, there's a lot. Yeah, of it wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't be fair for yeah. home and away games. So move it to the end, move it in the middle. You know, we don't know what they're going to do. Maybe, you know, put a, put a, a season or a, a, a league-wide Bye week in the middle for everybody somewhere who knows and it'll be very interesting because you know this everything checks out with the theory but it'll be very interesting to see what the players union or what the cba <laughs> yeah. says about doing stuff like this yeah they're just I don't gonna know. go like, along with well that's the thing like i i know the cba is a very big and complicated piece of paper but at the same time <laughs> They're fighting for a lot of stuff. Do you think they're ever thinking about, man, what if there's a pandemic and they try to move the <laughs> no. games around on us? Like, no. I just feel like that didn't get covered. It'll no. be, it'll be curious to see if that does come up. But yeah, it, it looks like there's some fail safes here. So hopefully, it doesn't come to that. We just end up playing these weird weeks. Yeah, normally. Yeah, but uh, the other couple random things about these weird weeks, um, and again, recognizing that three and four could go. Uh, recognizing and and week one and week two. Um, oh, you forgot one one key thing about week three and four. Every single team has one home game and one yep. away game. Same in week one and three week and four. It's every, the same yep, with week one and week two. Every single team, yeah. So if you, <laughs> once you get through week four, if we just play a normal season, 
every single team will have played two home games, two away games. There's, yeah. they're all the way up and down. So that's, I mean, that's just another key that those weeks could be jettisoned if needed. Yeah, right. It doesn't never, impact home and away balance. Yeah, right. It doesn't impact competitive balance in terms of home and away. Um, it does make week two curiouser and curiouser. <laughs> so, week two used to be uh, one of the tried and true angles, although it got it blew, it blew up all time last year. Um, but one of the true tried and true angles was you know early season back to back roadies were just a death sentence for the road team in week two. Um, and there are none this year because no one has a road run. <laughs> no, there, there are some two and three. Yeah. There's um, some San two and Francisco, three, right? but, but at the same time, like a lot of them are probably not going to actually matter or be actionable angles because it's the Rams going Philly Buffalo. They're going to, I can't say they're going to, but the Rams I think we going can. Like I'm, yeah, we they should. Do. If they don't, it's actionable. If they fly back to LA between Philly and Buffalo, then we're betting on. We're, God for saying I'll be taking the Bills at whatever number probably. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the same thing. The Niners go play in the Meadowlands two weeks in a row. Yeah, I really yeah. don't think with everything happening and the pain in the ass that travel is going to become that they're going to think about flying back to the Bay Area when they have two consecutive games. At I don't even know what the name of that field is anymore. Yeah, MetLife. MetLife Field. Um, who else? Uh, Cincinnati has a weird one, just because it's Cleveland, Philly. Like yeah, they are right. not that far from Cleveland. They get uh, think... they get extra rest too because yeah. Cleveland's Cincinnati week two is on uh, Thursday night football. So. And then the the other one would be Kansas City with L.A. Baltimore. That one is a little tougher because L.A. and Baltimore are not that close together. Staying on the West Coast doesn't really help you when you have to get out to Baltimore. So yep. that's actually that's actually probably the only tough one, and they gave it to the best team in the world. So <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah, no, no disagreement. Uh, the let's let's talk about that wrinkle about the requested road trips, though. Um, based on what I've read, there were eight teams that requested specifically requested this wrinkle of putting their cross country trips back to back. The Rams being Philly, Baltimore. I'm sorry. I have a Rams question. I'm at pause, Philly, pause. At Buffalo. Sure. Do you remember? I don't remember this ever being public knowledge before. No, I don't either. I don't even know. Like aside from being public knowledge, I don't know if it was ever a thing. Like, do, do you have any insight on that? Was this ever a thing? Like a team could request it? I feel like I've heard of this before, but this one was just like announced. Hey, here's the teams that we gave it to. Yeah, I do. I My assumption is no one ever exercised this request. Um, the exception being the Patriots. I want to say in like the Patriots had one year where they had to go at Oakland at San Francisco, at San Diego, and at uh, one other one, one other West Coast, at Seattle maybe. Anyway, they had, they had four West Coast trips in one year, and they got them both back-to-back and stayed on the West Coast both times. Yep. That was that's the only thing – that's the only example I can remember when I've seen this before, and my guess is that was, uh, that was requested because the Patriots requested it again this year. Boy, did they get a gift, by the way. They got a hell of a gift. <laughs> um, so the, real quick, the, four, five, the eight teams that requested the, uh, the back-to-back road trips, 
Chargers for Tampa Bay, New Orleans. Uh, the Vegas Raiders for Atlanta Jets. The Dolphins requested for San Francisco, Denver. Jets requested it for Seattle Rams. The Cardinals requested it for Panthers Jets. The Rams requested it for Philly Buffalo. That's week two and week three, as we mentioned. And the Niners requested it for Jets Giants. The, just the, the, the two one. game. Yeah, that that the two game. Because they're stand. both horseshit teams too. Yeah, yeah. And we're just we're just gonna stay in New York for the for the week. That that works for us. The um the Patriots one is absolutely wild though. Week 13 and week 14, the Patriots play at the Chargers and at the Rams. So the double header uh, at the new SoFi Stadium in Englewood. Uh, and and the Rams apparently are not pleased that the NFL did this to them because the Patriots play the Chargers. They get a, they get a, they get an early. Um, you know, an early chance to get used to the field, used to the stadium that they've never been to before, before uh, they play the Rams on a Thursday night. So this is like an especially short road trip for the Pats because they play Sunday, Thursday, and they just stay in LA the whole time. And meanwhile, the Rams are coming off of a road game at Arizona. So the Patriots are going to be in LA before the home Rams are going to be in LA, which is absolutely hysterical. It's funny, but yeah, like the Rams, like pound sand, buddy. It's just how it works. Like they still got to, they still got to execute and beat you. It's not like this is some 10 point swing in the game, guys. I I get, I wouldn't be happy, but it's funny that it actually got out that they're pissy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Um, and uh, it's, uh, but yeah, no, the, but even still, and the Patriots then have a third road game in a row in Miami, um, but they get extra rest because they're coming off Thursday night football. So that neutralizes that to a degree. So this little three game cluster, week 14, uh, uh, 13, 14, 15 for the Pats was quite a coup. Uh, for them, in terms of uh, yeah. you know, in terms of kind of bunching the well, pain on their since schedule, they have to go lose in Miami like usual. <laughs> so I have a question. Yeah. <clears throat> um, because you know, and hopefully, if you're listening to this, you know, obviously we we're going to post these these schedule grids so you can look at them too. A lot of different colors, but there's some symbols again. And I know what most of them mean, but you didn't put them in the you didn't put them in the legend. You didn't put them the in key. the key. Yeah. So we've got sunshines, we've got snowflakes, we've got airplanes, we've got clocks. There's clocks, yeah. There's a there's an arrow pointing up or a finger. I think that might just be altitude. It is. Yes. And then um something <clears throat> live from because the so I told you I screenshotted a tiny bit of this and posted it on Twitter. And I ended up getting a symbol or two in the picture and somebody asked, uh, who is it? MC at 23 here asked if there's going to be a symbol for the distraction that is Las Vegas, like a, yeah. a pile of drugs and beer bottles image. <laughs> we don't know about the Vegas flu with the, I guess this. it's not, it's not hockey where you're playing. Like you got to go down and play the coyotes the next day or something. You still get a week. Yeah, so that's the question. What uh, what what impact do you think that might have? Because yeah. I, obviously, like you know, we're presuming Vegas is going to be open. We're presuming these guys fly in the night before and under strict quarantine. Um, do you think they give them another night 
in Vegas before they hit the road? Or do you think they put them right on the plane and they're out of town? Man, I would not. If I'm a coach, <laughs> I care. Yeah. I mean, if you're after draft you're picks, I guess. Right? If, I, if I'm looking for a good draft next year, I'm maybe giving them two nights in Vegas. Mm. Have at it, boys. <laughs> okay. Oh, I mean, just, okay. I mean, just look at how less prepared in general teams have been since we've had Thursday night football. It's true. Or Monday night to Sunday, just having one single fewer practice, one day less of walkthrough, running through the, the game plan, getting everybody together in team meetings. Like, yeah, just any time you lose between weeks is an advantage for the other team. So if if they if there's some team that convinces their coach they want to you know, we never got to go to Vegas before as a team. This is going to be so fun. Can we just do, you know, we're, we're a Monday night next week. Can we can we stay another night and party? Like, that's that's not going to go well. So watch the news for that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll have our guy. We have guys out there. We'll have them watching out for a football. It'll be the same kind of information combing that we used to do when they used to play international games. Remember when they used to go to London? Yeah. When they used to let Americans in Europe? Those were good times. Um, I'm old enough to remember. I'm old enough to remember that too. Uh, anyway, the um, it's a good angle to watch, but I didn't add it to the chart because I'm not exactly sure who it impacts negatively. <laughs> no, it, sure. yeah, it'll be yeah. very interesting to watch as we go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, going through the rest of the symbols, um, there's a sunshine. Uh, that is, I looked over the first four weeks of the season. And I identified teams that have traditionally have training camp in cooler weather that are going to the hot and humid parts of the country, i.e. Miami, Tampa, and Jacksonville. Um, So a good example, Buffalo week two heads down to Miami. Uh, They're going to have to deal with the heat, uh, and that could impact their performance. Who knows? Uh, Similarly, Indy week one in Jacksonville. Uh, it's going to be quite hot down there. And they're a dome team, if you don't remember. Um, so those are the sunshines. Um, the snowflakes, same exact uh, thought exercise. <laughs> or what, or I, would. It, I don't know which, which – or did both sides just call each other snowflakes? I don't I think even that's know anymore. True, probably I think, I think it's just a universal <laughs> term for if the, somebody votes the opposite of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sensitive babies. But uh, snowflakes in the, week, in the month of, months of December and January – um, if we have a warm weather team or a dome team that is playing outdoors in traditionally colder weather, uh, then I gave them a little snowflake. So best example I could give you for that. Um, yeah, week 17, the uh, LA Chargers head to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, it's going to be quite cold there. And I don't have to tell you that uh, January around New Year's Day, uh, traditionally one of the more beautiful times to be in Los Angeles. So that's going to be quite an adjustment for them. Um, so those are the two weather ones that I highlighted hot in hot for cold weather teams, cold for warm weather teams. Um, you mentioned the finger pointing that is altitude. Um, there are two teams that have to play early in the season at the Denver Broncos. Oh yeah. There you go. Early, early in the season. Not, not a good, not a good spot. Not a good spot. You do not want to be getting your legs under you as a 300 pound man and be asked to play four quarters of uh, tackle football at a mile above sea level. It is a bad situation. Um, and two teams get that uh, that prize this season, Tennessee week one. 
That is the Monday night, uh, the nightcap, and then Monday night doubleheader. Tennessee heads to Denver and plays at altitude. Uh, And then uh, week three, Tampa Bay heads to Denver um, and takes on uh, the Denver Broncos, traditionally a spot where Tom Brady absolutely stinks up the drive. I'm not sure I've ever seen him win a game in Denver. He probably has, but I sure can't remember. Um, I would classify those two as disadvantaged spots. The, the airplane ones are a little weird. I don't even really know if I have any <laughs> empirical evidence that this is a thing, but I wanted to put something on there to remind me to like consider what's going on in this situation. The um, That's the first road game after an extended home stand. Okay. And so it's more just a kind of a mental reminder um, that this team hasn't, you know, this team hasn't flown or hasn't left home in a handful of weeks. Right. And there's a couple of teams that have three week home stands. There's two teams that have four week home stands. Would that surprise you? Did that surprise you at all? Nothing surprises me. It's 2020 Drufus. <laughs> Things are getting point. wild, but no, I mean, in a regular year, yeah, staying home for an extended time and then finally having to hit the road is rough, but yeah. And I will rail on this all season until proven completely wrong, which is a distinct possibility. Travel is going to be worse this year. Yeah. Like, right. Everything with distancing and cleaning and, you know, some of the stuff we've seen already about just all the stuff you have to go through to get checked into a hotel or onto a plane. Uh, I feel like traveling is just going to be shittier in general. And yeah, yeah. It, that's going to exacerbate things here. And more than more than anything else, I think there's a potential that you could see some market overreaction in this spot. At least that's what mm-hmm. I've noticed in years past, right? Like if a team yeah. plays three games in a row at home and let's say they win all three or and they cover the last two, like that tends to inflate market perception of that team. Um, and it might be a good sell-high spot uh, in terms of betting uh, betting the, the spread on a given game. Um so that's what the airplane means. Is it's like that's the first roadie in a long time. Um, the so oh the clock. The clock. Uh, there well, are two clocks. Yeah, West. There are yeah, two you got West Coast team going to the East Coast for an early game. Yes, and the Seattle opposite. at Washington week fifteen. And yes, then, oh, the actually, opposite, have, which they is have uh, three of those. It's yeah, for Seattle. Actually, they actually the the Raiders year in year out get the shaft on this <laughs> the Raiders play yeah. uh one two three four uh four of their first eight games are in uh, in the 1 p.m time slot uh and then uh and surely the Raiders living in Las Vegas I'm sure they'll be adjusted to early games right for sure right obviously yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they have uh two early games in there on their dedicated requested road trip and then Denver in the so. middle of winter <laughs> In Denver in the middle of winter, exactly. Las Vegas has kind of a rough schedule. Yeah, same two years in a row. Do you remember how bad their schedule was last year? They were like on the road for like six straight weeks. It was absolutely insane. Yeah, two years in a row, the Vegas Raiders have just got the shaft. Um, So so then, and then the opposite would be East Coast team going to the West Coast. And playing in prime time. Yeah, and playing in prime time. Yeah, New England at Seattle week two. 
Yeah, not a great spot. You don't want to be an East Coast team kind of at the end of your day, body clockwise, playing against a team that's like just getting into their prime body clockwise. It's not a great, uh, not a great matchup. And there's quite a lot of uh, empirical evidence, at least, of underperformance for the uh, the team flying, uh, you know, flying three time zones. Uh, and then playing in a night game does not do especially well. Um, so those are the two clocks. And yeah, those are just the random small ones just to kind of keep an eye on. And more than anything else, like I said, there are mental reminders uh, to make sure that you're accounting for it in some way in your handicap or uh, if you think it's totally useless and meaningless and built into the number, ignoring it. Um, only got three of my all-time favorite angles this year. And they're not great. I was kind of bummed. The uh, Thursday night coach on uh, the the uh, the rookie head coach on Thursday night football. Yeah, that one. That one's kind of. Do you think that one's starting to wear thin a little? As no, I think it was really good last year. It <laughs> I think was, it's been really good year every, it, every year. It is. It's, it's just really, tough. It's tough to catch it. Like you're not catching it a lot. No. Yeah. That's there's only a handful of them. Um, the three examples this year we have in week two. Uh, who's the Browns coach again? Kevin uh, something? Stefanski. Uh, Stefanski, thank you. Uh, Kevin Stefanski makes his uh, TNF debut as the head coach in week two, um, hosting Cincinnati. Now, I don't know that, you know, you the, the, the nugget, you know, kind of the, the at the heart of this angle is that there's a – coaching advantage for the veteran coach who knows how to get his team prepared for Thursday night football uh, relative to the rookie head coach who doesn't realize that he needs to have his game plan worked out a week ahead of time. Um, I don't know if it applies to this one. Zach Taylor, obviously in his second year, doesn't have a lot of Thursday night football experience himself. They, did the Bengals even play a Thursday night game last year? They may not have. Um, I'm not so sure this, I saw him play a game. I'm <laughs> All season. I quit, I quit watching halfway through the Niners game. Oh, the Bengals Niners game was bad. You know what else was done bad? with this team yeah. for the year? The, they were in one primetime game, which was against the Steelers, um, which was bad. But they didn't even have a Thursday night game last year. So it turns out you got two rookie head coaches going against each other in that spot. God damn it. That bums me out. Um, That's what so, I'm saying. That like These things are. They're fragile. You know, they're, and they're, they're fragile. Yeah, they're and they're fleeting. Few and far they're yeah. fleeting. Sometimes you don't have um, one of them. The other two, week seven, uh, we get to see uh, Joe Judge uh, head to uh, Philadelphia uh, and take on the Eagles with the Giants on Thursday Night Football. That one, I can tell you, I can already promise you I'm betting Philly. I don't even care what the number is. I know that I, I probably ought to take Oops. a look ahead now. <laughs> I don't even care. I don't care. Okay, I'm betting Philly on that one. Um, the last one is week eight. We get to see uh, – Matt Rule, is that his name? Carolina head coach? Matt Rule? Sure. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he takes on the Atlanta Falcons at home in PJ week eight. Walker versus so. Matt Ryan. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, not great. Not that one, you know, two, there's going to be two pretty chalky uh, opportunities to bet that angle this year, which is kind of a bummer. Um, so, yeah. Any other general thoughts uh, about the way that the uh, the way that the whole schedule plays out this year? Yeah, and uh, we talked a little off air. Um, you know, you can, and I, I I am going to you know poo poo some of this, 
Sure. There's there's a lot of stuff on here that's just well, Drew and Andy, that's pretty fucking obvious. Like, yeah, they're getting <laughs> yes. extra rest. Yeah. Well, this is this is a great tool for someone who has progressed and like we did in the previous podcast about making and keeping your own power numbers and mm-hmm. tracking, you know, you, you say the Jets are a, a, a six and the Bills are a three and the home field up in Orchard Park is two. You know, you, you do the math on that and it doesn't come out and you trust your numbers and then you have to decide, like, are my numbers wrong? Are my numbers right? And I have an edge and the, the price is just wrong? Or is there something else at play that I just isn't, you know, isn't coming into play? Because your power numbers are going to be an overall value of how you think that team is compared to other teams. It's not going to take into account, oh, it's a third straight road game. Or, you know, the other team has rest. So that's where, you know, you have to make some decisions when you are keeping your power numbers and you're comparing. You're saying, I make the Jets minus two here. The the market says they're, you know, minus one. That's a bad example because those are sort of dead numbers. But you yeah. get the gist of it and you can say, oh, like they're in a bad situational spot in the schedule. Maybe my number isn't wrong and the market isn't wrong. I just missed a little key piece of scheduling information, and I that's like that. why that's why this is off. So, I mean, you can say no duh on some of this, and some of the stuff's very obvious. But this is very helpful. It's something I use throughout the season when I'm making comparisons between my price, the market price, and determining if there is something, you know, a little a little extra spice in the gumbo that's mixing up what the price is. <laughs> I like that. it's a good it's a good tool i think it's a very good tool for that uh, when you're Mm -hmm. starting to you know make sure you're taking everything into account when you're doing price price comparison i like it um so a couple a couple of nuggets about uh the rest accumulation that i wanted to bring up um obviously everyone gets a buy so no one gets two buys and has a rest advantage right (laughs) um but a couple of teams get their buys neutered um, because their opponent off the buy also is coming off their buy. Yeah, there's some, uh, there's some tough spots like that for teams every year where they just get screwed. The weirdest one of all is the, the Dolphins and the Jets. <laughs> Do you see what's going on here? Yeah. The Jets. We go Jets by Jets. Jets by Jets, and the Jets go Dolphins by Dolphins. <laughs> so they have they play each other. They get a week to prepare to play each other again. That is. This, that's it's like golf. It's, it's like you, you play the Memorial, yeah. you, you play Mirfield Village, you get three days off, and you go play it again. Yeah, it's going to be a fun handicap. I'm sure I'm going to bet that second game after. I, I have, I have game. a feeling there's going to be some wild overreactions to that second game. I, I believe it like, too. Yeah, that, that's the first thing I thought of. Is I'm very curious to see how that number changes after the result. One way. Or oh, another. everybody's going to be up flip flop spot. Uh, yep. Yeah, no. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. This worked last. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll, um, yeah, it'll be a very big battle between, you know, we just saw this team beat the hell out of the other one, or instant revenge spot. Man, they know they're ready now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, couple other weird ones. Uh, when Green Bay is coming off of their buy, the um, they get to play at Tampa, who gets extra rest off Thursday night football. Not great. Yeah. Uh, similarly, Denver coming off of their bye gets Atlanta great coming off of Thursday night football. Not great. Um, so, yeah, so it looks like, you know, those four teams kind of had their buys neutered a little bit. Um, 
and the balance of the balance of who has to play teams coming off of bye is really lopsided. I again every year I'm shocked that like wow okay so Kansas City Chiefs best team in the league you figure that the you know that the you know, NFL would stack a bunch of teams against them right like they would give them a, a, a tough time no not this year Kansas City plays no one coming off their bye. Uh, meanwhile, Denver plays two teams coming off of um, a bye, and they play three teams coming off of Thursday night football. So they're at a rest disadvantage uh, four times, and net, they get their bye neutered for the season. Yeah, and it's that, crazy. Know, a lot of these numbers have been really, really, really shaped already. There's been some heavy moves on a few teams, but the, again, like you look for a team like that. If you're starting to get into the, I don't want to say it's like the late market. It's still only July, I guess. But I mean, you are kind of in the middle of the price. I think you're towards the end of the price discovery section of regular season win totals. Sure. I'm not going to discourage people from betting them if they think they have an edge. But this is, you know, so this is another good tool for that too. If you lean one way or the other, go look at a team's schedule and just see how many weird disadvantage spots they have mm-hmm. you know, compared to just. You know, I think this, you know, the anecdotal, ah, this team's going to be a lot better than they were last year. I actually dig down into all 16 games and all 16 situations and weigh in a few other factors before you start firing off on those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, A couple of funny wrinkles. Um, Giants have to play two divisional opponents back-to-back weekends coming off of a bye. (laughs) That's not great. They get Washington and Philly week 9 and 10 both both uh, coming off with extra rest. Um, Green Bay, this is a funny little little stretch here where they got to go. They come off their bye. They, their bye gets neutered against you know at Tampa Bay. Then they got to play at Houston, so back-to-back weeks on the road. And then they finally come home and they get their toughest test in division, presumably, Minnesota at home. Great spot, right? No, Minnesota's coming off their bye. So that that I think that you know, and and they also have to play Chicago coming off of their bye at home. So two the two there are the two most important home games for Green Bay to win the NFC North. They are they are playing divisional foes with extra with an extra week to prepare. Does that change your opinion on Green Bay to win the North at all? It doesn't change my opinion at all. I don't think. Well, you didn't think no, but it, let's see. If you gave them no, a forty yeah, yeah, no, no, percent no, for, chance before, do you give them a thirty-five percent chance? Yeah, no, for that? sure. Yeah, I, your point. Your point is valid. Like, yeah, for sure. It's a it's a tough look for a team if you're looking to, uh, you know, just like I said with regular season win totals. If you're thinking about a tight division race, like one that it's expected between Green Bay and Minnesota, or a couple other divisions where there's a couple teams towards the top. Like this is a really good thing to look at, not only for making bets before the season like this, but also like we kind of touched on at the beginning, maybe looking for a market entry point on a team mm-hmm. you like or don't like. Mm. Um, so let's talk about a couple of market entry point op- opportunities in the NFC. Um, just off the top of your head, who in the NFC has a shot to win the uh, to go to the Super Bowl? In the NFC. Yeah, who in the NFC has a shot oh, to go to the Super Bowl? Like, I, nobody. I'm so down on the <laughs> NFC this year. Nobody's it's, going? No one's going. Yeah, they're just going, oh, yeah, it's canceled COVID, baby. Um, I'm still pretty high on New Orleans. Like, they haven't done much to get worse, and they added a, a half-decent receiving threat. 
just like Booger said, you got to pick people who can who can do do things for the passing offense or stop it. Booger <laughs> was never so right. And he said that before the draft. Yeah. So, Saints, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, Saints, Niners. Niners. Niners right? yeah. You think Seattle's um, a player? No, God, no. Really? Even with Russell? I, okay. I, I mean, they're always a, they're always a threat to go to the playoffs, but it's one of those. Where yeah. Tampa, have, Tom, Tom, they, Tampa Bay. I hope they're in the playoffs so we can fade them. Yeah, Tampa, begrudgingly, I wasn't a fan of the – I wasn't a fan of the, like, oh, Tom Brady's going to go down there and be great. But, man, the receivers they have, the tight ends they have, the – I mean, it's a decent coach, even though he's a little long in the tooth. They mm-hmm. drafted really well, and the defense should improve. Like, yeah. Tampa will be a threat in the playoffs. Mm. How about uh, Dallas? In? Dallas out, yes. Philly in? Yeah. See how the injuries treat him this year, and then someone from the NFC North, but maybe the maybe the Vikings. Who knows? Vikings, um, Green Bay. I don't really put okay. in the conversation for Super Bowl. Yeah, one of them. So I mean, somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to win the. Uh... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so we got a couple teams to break down. Let's talk. Let's start with the one first one you named, New Orleans. Um, I look at the schedule. This is this is hell. This is hell. This is one of the harder schedules. Uh, just from a sequence standpoint that I can remember. Um, I don't know that I'm going to be making a bet on New Orleans to win the NFC until maybe closing up, you know, the full, full portfolio on like week 16 or 17. Like this is, this is much, much, much harder uh, road for them to get the one seed and the home and the buy and a home playoff game than I expected. Uh, before I did this exercise, you're muted. I'm, I'm very <laughs> muted. Yeah, I don't want to say I, I. I started talking before I unmuted. I'm not like huge regret. I'm more regret that I got a bad number. I bet New Orleans to win the South, which okay. I still like, but I got a terrible number because Tampa Bay just kept doing things to get better. Right. Yeah, like I, I could have gotten a better number, so I'm, I'm sad about that. I threw it in a fun parlay with, like, the Giants don't win the East and a bunch of stuff like that. And uh, over five and a half offensive linemen in the first round. Yeah. They got thrown the, uh, that. So I, I regret that. I, I And then, yeah, not only that I got a bad number, but the more I look at the schedule, like – they have a kind of tough schedule. It sucks for them. If, if <laughs> yeah. they are like, if they make the playoffs, win the division, they'll make the playoffs. I would assume, but win the division and look like a good team. I'm going to give them like bonus points, I guess. For yeah, I can entirely tough ass schedule. This is their schedule is lopsided too. It's big time lopsided. Um, I can entirely see a scenario play out where New Orleans is uh, six and one. Five and two, maybe seven and zero through eight weeks, but then they go to schedule hell. Week nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen are all massively disadvantaged spots. And then on top of that, what do you get as a treat after all that? Kansas City at home, like and, and you know Kansas City and Minnesota late in the season to round out your schedule is not great. Like that that stretch from week nine to week. 16 um, is going to be one of the tougher tests we see any team put through 
uh, on the entire, you know, through the entire 2020 regular season. It's really, really something. Um, I won't rattle them all off because it's nobody likes listening to that, but, uh, just take a gander at that, uh, that stretch when you take a look at the schedule again. Um, flip side of that or no, sim- I guess similarly. So I guess so the, the conclusion I would make would be, um, you know, if I see a likelihood that New Orleans sucks up even more market share over the first half of the season than they already have at the top. Right. And there's going to be big time buy low opportunities everywhere else on the board after week eight. Okay. So that's kind of my operating principle in evaluating the NFC market top to bottom. New Orleans likely to get shorter and shorter and shorter until the wheels fall off week nine. San Francisco is kind of in a similar boat. They have a pretty easy, especially the first, uh, first five weeks of the season. Is there any world where you see San Francisco is not four and one at, at a minimum at, a, at the worst <laughs> after five weeks of play? Yeah, like I'm higher on Arizona, but maybe not right out of the gates going to San Francisco playing the, the, you know, the shithead twins from Jersey right away, Jets and Giants. Like, if you had two road games in a row, you could do a lot worse. Philly, you know, Philly's going to be a good team, but, again, it's at home. It's Philly going it's in prime to, time. You know, yeah. prime, it's, Philly it's having to go nasty, to the West yeah. Coast for prime time. Miami, again, I'm higher on, but they're still – I'm not like Miami's a 13-win team high. I think they're going to be better. But, again, they are a East Coast – team heading out to San Francisco like that's four and one five and oh the Rams at home we don't really know what we're going to get there but another advantage spot though because it's the Rams second straight road straight (laughs) straight road game and then yeah and then you have a tough spot maybe like we New England probably the biggest distribution for me as far as like the long tails of what if Cam's not ready? Cam's not healthy. Stidham sucks. Going to New England, even if they're like New England's off a bye, San Francisco has to travel for a noon game on the East Coast. But none of that might matter if Stidham sucks. Like, it's yeah. a super disadvantaged spot that might be completely, I'll use your term, neutered if things don't shake out properly at the quarterback spot for New England. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you do go at Seattle host Green Bay at New Orleans going into the bye. That's not an easy stretch. That's not easy, yeah. No. So they, no. And I think they know that. Like, they know they need to get their – they need to get their wins when they can early on. Yeah, right. I agree. So, I guess the conclusion of this talk then is both New Orleans and San Francisco, who are at the top of the board now, likely get shorter between now and midseason. Is that a fair yeah. assumption? Yeah, I think – Again, yeah, in the world of assumptions, I think it's a fair one. <laughs> that's, uh, what we, that's what we do. We have to – that's yeah, all we, we can do make, here. We have, make to, some we're, assumptions. We have to do something. Yeah, we have to assume something. Um, which means that – Is if it you're an assumption eyeing, or a if presumption? You're eyeing, if, you're, if you're eyeing anyone in that low other tier, right, anyone else in the t- teams that you think can win the NFC, uh, you're worth waiting until week nine to make a bet on them, I think. Dallas, Philly – Tampa might as well see how things start to shake out um, before firing on any other NFC contender until 
the, we, we get to the peak uh, of oversaturation of, you know, market love for new Orleans and, and San Francisco. Yeah, I think that's, that's fair. Okay. Make me, making me feel worse about uh, betting the saints already. No, you division, should feel better when they're division. No, 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 no I, you, I know. No, I know. That, that number is going to get, that number is going to get real short. If they're not seven, if, and not, one. <laughs> not if Tampa's good too, though. Well, if Tampa beats them week one, then you're, yeah, then you're, then you're upside down real quick. Um, but if yeah. Tampa beats the saints week one, I'll probably Taking buy a reverse yeah, mortgage I'll, on that. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, couple other notes about some of these contenders. Dallas's schedule is a little 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 wild. It's a little weird. It's tough overall. Uh Philly's schedule is easy, I gotta say. It's kind of really easy. Like surprisingly easy. Like Jim Hurts um, wins the rookie of the year easy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'd yeah, be just, nice. <laughs> what was your biggest number you got on that? Uh 120 to one. Oh, I think I only found a hundred. Oh that's 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 okay. It's all it's, still, it's, it's all good. the same. It's all the same. Um, Philly's schedule is pretty easy. Uh, Seattle also got a surprisingly easy schedule. I was surprised by both of those two when I kind of went through and did my uh, did my numbers. Um, Philly and Seattle uh, are likely going to, yeah, you know, th- those are teams where I was kind of like, Ooh, maybe I should get involved in these unders, you know, win total unders on these teams, and I'm second guessing it now, kind of just uh, digesting the sequence that they got. These schedules are pretty favorable for them. Um, Seattle luck boxed their way into a bunch of really advantageous primetime spots again. New England's got to go there and play in primetime. Seattle, Minnesota's got to go there and play in primetime. Um, you know, it's it's, it's, it's a it's a it's a damn it's a damn uh, damn decent schedule. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the only the kind of only observations I had really on the um, on the NFC. Um, AFC, real quick. I just want to. I don't know how you feel about Tennessee, one way or the other this season. Um, maybe you think the market's right about them, but they're an eight nine win team. Um, yeah, that's that's not crazy. I'm, I'm I'm in pretty much agreement with the the market on them. They're outside of week one, where they are the sacrificial team that has to go to altitude. Their opening schedule here is the softest landing I can reasonably wrap my head around in terms of travel inconvenience situation. Do you see what's going on in this from week two to week 10? <laughs> they have two road games. Yeah. <laughs> and from I week mean, two to week 10. And they're one. And one of those two is at Cincinnati. Off Cincinnati's by. not that <laughs> far from by. Nashville. No, it's, I'll Minnesota's not that far from not, Nashville. No, it's not. Plane. That's a two-hour flight. What what a gift they got. <laughs> what yeah. is going on? Well, not only that, but Jacksonville, Chicago. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, there are here's some your, tough yeah. ones. Pittsburgh, here's your, Buffalo, here's your super tough test of the whole season. you got to go at Baltimore. You know what we'll do? We'll give you extra rest for that. <laughs> what? Like, this is – it's crazy. This is – this looks gift-wrapped to me. For Tennessee to get double digit wins, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I honestly am thinking harder again about uh, the way that their season unfolds. Looking at how easy the schedule is, am I missing something? Mm, maybe they don't score in the red zone at like eighty percent clip. Sure, maybe they're not that good of a team. 
Yeah, it is an easy schedule. I'll give you that. Like hey, um, every year, some team that's not that good wins like twelve games, or in the case of the Green Bay, thirteen games last year. Yeah, or two of them do it. Play <laughs> each other in the playoffs. Right. Sure, that happens every year. Yeah. No, uh, for sure. Um, a lot, and a lot of it's predicated on like Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Denver, Houston. Indy twice, Cleveland, and honestly, Green Bay and Houston twice. I should have mentioned those are a, those are a bunch of teams that we we feel like could go either way. Like yeah. Those could be legit playoff contenders, or they could be you know fizzling six and ten, yeah, six seven win teams if things yeah. don't go right. So if if more of those go one way than the other, Tennessee does win like eleven games. That's crazy, huh? This sort of stuff happens. Do I, the AFC South is going to be the most fun handicap by far when we actually get down to the nuts of that one. That's color rush too. <laughs> um, let's assume that uh, entering the AFC uh, AFC title race market that you really only have eyes for KC Baltimore. That's not. No, wouldn't I? Wouldn't fight you on that if that was your opinion. Um, do you see an advantage one way or another the way the set schedule was sequenced in that horse race to get the one seed? I know you don't think Baltimore is a lock to get a one seed or double digit wins even anyway. Um, yeah, I just uh, still have if, a, if, if they won like four, yeah, if they won like fourteen games, I wouldn't be surprised. But if you take those two offenses and say. One of them has to regress, which is more likely. Baltimore's. Like, yeah, the one yeah. that had a quarterback run for like twelve hundred yards. Like it's yes. just, I mean, just math, history, and everything says that. But again, like we've never seen anything like that. Sometimes stuff like that happens. I mean, people had never seen somebody play like Mahomes in that offense when he did it in his second year. So things like that don't always regress. These could both be, you know, 13 win teams that are fighting for that one seed. As far as scheduling wise, just at a quick glance, I really, Oh man, they're both kind of tough schedules. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're both tough. Like they're, yeah. I, I don't want to say like equally tough. Could we I, see? You know, I've Tennessee only given like 15 seconds to work. <laughs> Oh man, gross! I know, right? Or New England, for that matter. <laughs> New England's schedule is damn easy because they get to play the AFC East again. <laughs> oh, you wait, Tua, Tua, baby. Uh, twenty twenty one. Yeah, that'll Tua be time. a very tough test. We just need we just need uh, Fitz Fitz Magic to fizzle out in week four like he does. Hmm. Okay. Well. I I think that it's going to be worth waiting on both Casey and Baltimore. Um, and I think there is potential for some surprise team to look like they're going to steal the one seed. I don't know who that team is yet. <laughs> I don't think that team is in the AFC West, um, but that team could be in the AFC North, East, or South. And... I think the way that uh, we're not going to see, you know, we're not, we're not going to get to really sort this out one way or the other until late in the season. And I think you could see a scenario where 
Baltimore and KC are lurking in the standings, um, you know, come the final quarter of the season. And at that point, it'll be interesting to see um, what kind of value you can get on those guys um, as we round into uh, into playoff form. Um, certainly, certainly, uh, Baltimore has the easier final four weeks of the season, which is kind of tantalizing me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm real, I'm ready to go. Um, fire on Baltimore, uh, week fourteen. Ooh, so if I, if I'm truly up for a Baltimore regression, mm-hmm. and oh, man, look at those last three weeks of the season: home for Jacks, home for Giants at Cincy. Those that they, yeah, they, they're, they're, they are you know going what they're going to need scre- that? They are going to be screaming into the playoffs. They're going to need that. To catch up to Pittsburgh. <laughs> yes, you're probably you're not crazy. Honestly, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland got a Cleveland got a super. I know, but I just don't too. think Cleveland's going to be as good as. I, I'm still I'm still Steel City truther here, and and Pittsburgh goes Washington, Buffalo, Cincy, Indy, Cleveland, and like again, I have a bunch of trouble trusting Buffalo, even though sure. like, a team that predicated on defense is just hard to get behind the next year. And Cleveland, we just don't know what, if we're going to get a Baker who cares enough to progress. Is it Because he can be a quarterback. Baker Mayfield can be a top five quarterback in the NFL if he just figures his light. I don't know. Like what, what happened? Maybe uh, the film guys got to fill me in on this. And maybe I'm dead wrong. Who knows? But I don't know if it's just the coaching, the flux they've had in coaching down there, um, his attitude, him not progressing where he needs to be as a, you know, third year guy. Mm-hmm. But the way he looked at times early on, it's like this guy has the skill set to be good. I just don't know where the disconnect is there. Mm-hmm. If yeah. people caught up to him and he's not willing to put in the work to stay ahead of that, mm. top five okay. might be wild, but. He's got the, he's got the physical tools, and it seems like he's smart enough. It just man, he made some bad decisions last year. Their home games are all almost all advantage. Interestingly, Cleveland, um, yeah, yeah, they're really yeah. setting them up to have a chance. I don't know if they will, but they're setting them up to have a chance. Um, yeah, it's uh it's going to be fascinating. I, I guess my my gut is you're probably never going to get a good price on Casey. It's probably never going to drift that far just because of how you know the the current market uh, sentiment on Mahomes, the current market sentiment on the Chiefs in general. In fact, they're defending champions. There's probably never going to be a buy low spot on them. But Baltimore, I see it. Baltimore, I can see uh, a little bit lackluster um, stretch at any point in their season. And they have some tough stretches. Uh, you could get into uh, a situation. You know, the five the five week stretch nine to thirteen for Baltimore looks like they could be that could be like a two and three kind of stretch. And at that point, people are like, "Well, maybe maybe they're not going to make the playoffs, or they're going to be a wild card team." And then they just scream down the home stretch and and just rip into the playoffs. That's my that's my dream as a Baltimore Ravens lover from the time I was born till now. My eyes are going cross-eyed from staring at this. <laughs> and again, we did say, you know, we will, we will, and you know, maybe you listen to podcasts while you're driving or doing work or something. And you're not able to look at this while you're doing it, but we would encourage anybody who's interested in, you know, doing the work and finding interesting angles, take a peek at these. 
and you know hit us up if you, uh, if, you, you if you find something uh, unique in the schedule or just a, a lopsided one we missed or something interesting or fun hit us up because i love these because this is stuff this is stuff i look at all season long this is stuff i'm going to be looking at as we do the team by team previews this is stuff i'm doing when we're betting you know later in the season so these these schedule grids are something I use all season long, and it seems like throughout the season I'll find – and uh, to that point, like I say, oh, I'll find something later on in the season. Well, sometimes you find something later on in the season that was there to begin with, but you just have more information at that point. Like, oh, now we know that <laughs> – or like, like Aaron Rodgers tore his ACL. We didn't know that. Like that changes, <laughs> you know, that's going to change a lot of yeah. schedules. You know, that, there's good, kind of you know, shit, yeah. there, you know, I, I don't know why I picked him. I, that's terrible. <laughs> you know, like, I can't imagine like, why yeah, or done Sean that. Payton falls into the ocean, never to be seen again. God, I bet on them too. I shouldn't say bad things about the Saints or that terrible person. Um, <laughs> I was shit from Saints fans for picking on him. But, um, well, I mean, things are going, you know, I'm joking about bad things happening to people I pick on, but things are going to happen. A quarterback's going to get hurt. And then something we said, like, oh, this team has a has a tough stretch here. Like, no, like the, the quarterback got hurt for this team. This team hasn't figured it out at all. Like what looked like a tough four-game stretch is now a pretty mess stretch. Like, this is a living, breathing thing, obviously, just like your power numbers, just like anything you're doing when you're betting into markets in a season-long game like this. So, you know, maybe circle some spots, but be ready to look at this again if there is something major like that. That's that's one of the first things I do when there is something major, like a, a, quarter, a, a quarterback injury is catastrophic. You know, obviously a lot of things can happen. You can have a cluster injury on the offensive line or in the defensive backfield that can really screw a team or turn you into a, a heavy over team. But, you know, a, a quarterback injury is kind of number one on the list with a bullet. So if something does happen to a quarterback, a guy from, say, a star quarterback, you know, it's, it's time to dig into these schedules and decide, oh, man, like. Who, who benefits from this? Who, who, yeah. Who's going to benefit from this misfortune that another team had and where should I take advantage of it? Where's the new buy point or sell point or anything on that? So, you know, keep these handy, download them. They're free. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, I guess final one final comment and then we're going to post this up and and you can get it all online. I put the requested road trips as advantage spots. And you didn't call that out as like, well, why is that an advantage spot? Yeah, I know. Like, uh, you put it at the very bottom of it. We have a. Super, I don't know if it's advantage a, or disadvantage because we have a super small sample size. Well, people are going to have back to backs. Like everybody ends up with back to backs here and there, so it's not like a. Sure, you know, but, it's probably a disadvantage to have a back to back, but to to get to plan it like that, it probably turns it more into a neutral. Than like a true, really bad disadvantage. You remember this? The Niners twice last year planned road trips. Yep. Spent a concentrated week in Youngstown preparing. He, they, they did it twice. They did they they did they did two road trips last year where they spent a concentrated week on the road in like effectively a mini camp. <laughs> and the performances that they put on out of that little concentrated week were absolutely superlative. Uh, the Saints did it too. 
uh, week three when they went up to Seattle. They spent the whole week there. Teddy Bridgewater, everybody was like, oh, man, he did not look great against the Rams week two. Uh, this, the Saints season might be over. Uh, they prepared that week and came out and beat the ever-loving piss out of the Seahawks in all three phases. It was such a complete week. I yeah, think I mean, there just, is some merit to the, the teams that travel. If you go back to back and you travel home and then you, the next week you travel to the game, I mean, that's there's two travel days. It's not like, oh, it took 24 hours to get from one place to the other, but you're, you're cutting out two travel days. It's it just how what percentage? What, what are you getting, like 15% more prep than you would if you decided to travel home and back? Like the, the trade-off of sleeping in your own bed compared to having that extra prep, like, uh, you know, I'm – for the for the players' general comfort and happiness, I, I think you know what? that's going, a good going point. going home is nice, but fifteen to twenty percent more prep than you would normally get. Like staying on staying on a coast and getting you know, these two back to backs. I'd almost rather have like the the double in New York than flying to New York twice throughout the season. Even if you can go like home, home, New York, and then later go home, home, New York, I'd rather go New York, New York. I 100% agree. Just, just knock it out, get two East Coast trips out of the way. Because, I mean, is there a further flight? Probably like LA, I guess, is a little further south, maybe an extra 15 minutes. But San Francisco to New York, so that's a hell of a flight. Maybe Seattle to Miami's got to be a nasty one. Yeah, that one's pretty bad. You know, just just to get that out of the way and not have to do it twice, that's I think that's probably an advantage spot. So you put it under advantage spots. I don't think it's always an advantage spot. I think it's more of a uh, lemonade into lemons, or the the opposite of what I just said. The one that makes sense, <laughs> making lemonade out of lemons. You know, you're going to have back and back back to backs. Just it's it happens. So yeah. okay. taking advantage of it, I think you're taking a negative and turning it into a neutral at worst. Okay. And probably right, as agree. a as a net, like as a net sixteen games, seventeen weeks, it's probably a, a positive. Yeah. Okay. We agree. That sounds that sounds That's good. That's right. That sounds good to me. All right, well let's wrap it up here and uh wrap it up. Wrap it up. And uh yeah, talk That's to you so next week. Thank you.